Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. We have recently moved our Sunday services and midweek connect groups online to help stop the spread of coronavirus. Join us for Church at Home this Sunday by logging on to christchurchlondon.online.church at 10am, 11am, 5pm, 7pm or 8pm for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. Well, hi. Uh, thanks for joining us. I uh, hope you're doing okay. I uh, hope you're surviving lockdown. Uh, report from the Strouds is that we're in good spirits. Uh, we're doing fine. Uh, we have the challenge of our day, which was uh, got up this morning. Uh, boiler not working. Uh, called the plumber. Uh, plumber comes. He says, Mr. Stroud, your boiler is defunct. It's had it. You need a new one. Uh, no hot water for you until you do. So, so if you hear drilling or banging or noise uh, whilst I'm speaking now, then uh, please bear with us. My apologies, uh, but uh, this is uh, two wonderful self-distancing plumbers who are hard at work uh, and will be with us for the next couple of days and have told us we've just got to put up with a bit of noise. Uh, in other news, um, Philip and I are keeping busy. Uh, really, we're looking for the opportunities to be able to minister effectively in this unusual time. Uh, I know that many of you are concerned about what will happen as the coronavirus hits the more vulnerable parts of the world, uh, sub-Saharan Africa and other other places like that. And through very good friends that we have in Zimbabwe, Philippa has been asked to uh, host some webinars drawing together Zimbabwean pastors, uh, authorities from the World Health Organization, Uh, And uh, they've asked me to contribute as well as a pastor who's been going through uh, this epidemic and and learning along with us all how we might handle it. And uh, the coronavirus uh, impact is behind us in Zim, maybe four weeks behind. So really, they're just preparing right now. So we've had the privilege twice now of speaking to 350 Zimbabwean pastors, helping encourage and strengthen and prepare them. ask you to pray for that nation and pray for us as we continue that relationship and look to help them further in the weeks ahead. Uh, I've also been uh, trying to take whatever time I can uh, to write. Uh, Some of you are aware that I'm writing a book at the moment to equip Christians for cultural renewal for doing good in society. Uh, It'll be the everything book to go with the everything conference that many of you know we host every autumn. And uh, so please do pray for me if you get a minute. I'm just fighting to get time uh, and get a quiet space where uh, I can really think and get as much of that done as possible uh, while some of our other normal activities are more limited. Uh, Last week, uh, Joe kicked off a new series which we've called Good Fruit. And uh, of course, fruit is the metaphor that the Bible uses for Christ-like character, for developing godliness. And uh, we thought that that would be a good series for us to do right now for several reasons. Uh, The first is uh, that whenever there is pressure or hardship, when we get squeezed, we find out what's on the inside. Uh, Think of a lemon for a minute. If you put pressure on it, if you squeeze it hard, then its innards come out. Uh, I suspect that you, like me, have found what's on the inside at times over the last few weeks. Uh, I suspect that you've not always, as I've not always, been impressed by what's there. I've been aware 
wow, okay, there is some work to do when it comes to character. And so we want to help uh, at this point in time. Uh, but also, and possibly counterintuitively, it's moments like this, moments of pressure, that are the very best times for growing in character. Uh, the metaphor that may help is think of uh, building muscle, upper arm muscle, uh, in the gym. Uh, broadly speaking, the more pressure that you can put on your arm, the more weights that you can put there, the stronger the muscle develops. And it's the same with character, that broadly speaking, the more pressure that you can live with, the stronger the character can develop. Now, the reality is we can come out of lockdown simply frazzled and pressured, or we can come out with character that is more Christ-like. I want to encourage you to see this time, with all its difficulties, as an opportunity, an opportunity for you to develop more character. Incidentally, uh, one of the great things about that is that when we develop character, it lasts a lifetime that what you develop in the furnace of now is something that can go with you and enable you and take you through other times of challenge, enable you to help others as well. So we wanted to take this opportunity. Uh, and today uh, we want to look at the question of peace. We want to look at each of the fruits of the Spirit that Paul mentions in Galatians chapter 5, kindness, faithfulness, love, self-control, peace and we want to draw lessons from Jesus's life because of course he portrayed all of those uh, better and more fully than anyone who's ever lived. And the story that I want to draw some lessons from this uh, today is the one that we heard read just a little earlier. It's a very well-known story. The setting is Lake Galilee. Uh, Northern Israel it's the home of a number of the disciples, not just their home, but their workplace. A number of them were fishermen. Uh, Lake Galilee was where they drew their livelihood from. They knew every inch of this area. Uh, and when Jesus said, uh, let's go to the other side, uh, they knew what he was talking about. They knew it was a two-hour sail from one side to the other, and they got into the boat. Uh, Jesus, he's tired clearly been ministering, working hard. He goes to sleep in the bottom of the boat. And not long after they've set sail, a storm whips up. Now this seems to be some storm. I mean, these guys know Galilee, they're professional fishermen, but they're rattled. The water, the waves, are such that they're coming over the side of the boat. The bottom of the boat, we're told, is full of water. And initially, they're trying to get the water out. But the emotion, the anxiety is rising. And with that frustration, because Jesus is still asleep. And in the end, they, they wake him. One can imagine them sort of going and shaking him. Don't you care that we're going to drown? And Jesus, who'd been at peace, gets up. And he faces the wind and the waves. He speaks to them as if he has authority over them. Be still, he says. And the remarkable thing is that the wind and the waves, we're told, are stilled. We're told that the water is calmed immediately. And the disciples cannot believe it. And they turn to each other and they say, who is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. It's a familiar story. 
is one, of course, that firstly reminds us of the storms of life. Just as Jesus is in a storm here, we're in a storm right now as well. And I guess whilst the storms of life are typical, we all get them from time to time, what's different about this one is that it's affecting all of us. There's this psychological impact because it's all anyone is talking about. You turn on the news, it's all that's there. It's coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. This is our storm at this point in time. It's our communal storm, our storm together, and it's our storm as individuals. I spoke to someone who's self-isolating at the moment. Uh, they've not seen anybody uh, physically for over a month. And they said to me, they said, the thing I'm looking forward to more than anything is just hugging somebody, holding somebody and being held. They were reflecting on the tactile, tactile nature of humanity. We touch is so important for us. And some of us will be able to relate to that. Others of us, it's our anxiety about our finances and our jobs. So our concerns about the health of those that we love who are vulnerable, possibly our own health. For some, it's just the sheer frustration of not being able to go, uh, go about life in the normal sort of way. I don't know what your storm is, but we sure all have them right now. And some of them are not coronavirus related, of course. Philip and I are out for a walk, our one piece of exercise a day. Uh, the other day and we bump into someone we know a little bit and they say that they've just been diagnosed recently with a potentially fatal illness well they've got a storm at the moment now your storms most likely are virus lockdown related but maybe not either way the big question we all ask when the storms of life are upon us is how can we find peace how can we live with peace and so if this is a story for this moment, then Jesus is a symbol, he's an example of hope. Because Jesus sleeping in the bottom of the boat says, it is possible to live with peace in the middle of a storm. You know, it's really important to remember here that Jesus is not just the son of God. He's not just divinity, but he's also the model human. He hasn't just come to rescue us, but he's also come to show us how to live, how to live the best life possible. So when we see him living with peace, we know the same is possible for us. And it is also, it's characteristic of the way that he lives. I've often been struck when we read about him being jostled by the crowds, that he just has this peace about him. When his family are saying, we want your attention, but he's teaching the crowds, you get this feeling he leaves peacefully. When his opponents are criticizing and attacking him, and many of us know just how challenging an experience that is, he responds peacefully. At the moment of greatest drama for Jesus, his death, or just leading up to that, his trial. He's in front of the Roman governor, the man at that moment in time who has more authority in his life than anyone else, and he's peaceful. I'm not surprised, even before we get to the wind and the waves, that the disciples say, who is this man? He is an example for us. 
But he's not just an example because he's also one who promises us. As he says to the disciples, peace I give to you. He says it's not of this world, this is something different, something special. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be anxious. Be at peace. Now the reality is, there are many things that can dull your anxiety during lockdown. But there's only one thing that can deal with your anxiety. And I want to appeal to you to go to him, to go to the Prince of Peace for your peace and to leave the imitations uh, on the side uh, for in the end, uh, they're not only uh, unsatisfactory, uh, but they lead to other challenges for us as well. Uh, the first thing that we're reminded of in this story is that peace is possible and that the peace that we're promised comes from him rather than from anywhere else. But then, of course, the one in the boat with us in our storms is not just anyone. He is the model man, but he's also the one with authority. As the disciples say, who is he? When they wake him, they address him as teacher. That's obviously how they see him. And they see him as one who instructs people very helpfully. But they say, essentially, it's a teacher is not one who can control the wind and the waves. Who is he? Just a few weeks ago now, we celebrated Easter. When they got a glimpse, and they got a glimpse then of what was coming, when he declared, I have authority over death and over life. So it's an amazing thing. And I want to draw just a few things from this authoritative uh, this man, this God of authority, uh, which I trust will help us. And the first is that I believe he wants to provide for us. See, at times of crisis like this, Christianity isn't to be a sideline in our life. It's meant to be the centre of all that we do. In fact, it's meant to be that the whole time anyway, of course. But we're to draw from him, and I want to remind you that the one you draw from is the Lord of life, the one who has had victory over death. When the disciples ask Jesus, how do we pray? Jesus says, ask him, ask the Father for your daily needs. Well, are you doing that at this point in time? Not just fighting through, not just trying not to think of the things that make us anxious, but actually going to him and saying, here's what I need today. When James talks about the mystery of prayer, he says, you do not have because you do not ask. In other words, there are certain things which we can only get if we pray for them. And so I want to encourage you to trust your Abba Father, the one who cares for you, that he will provide for you. And of course, sometimes he provides in very physical, tangible ways. Uh, he gives us things, sometimes miraculously. But today, he's not just provided a new boiler out of nowhere, I'm having to pay for this one, uh, but he is giving us, and he will give us, I'm sure, all the four of us grace as we go through it. It's, it's maybe a poor or a corny example, but you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes he provides physically with what we need, other times he gives us the inner strength, and I want to encourage you to trust him for that at this point in time. But also, I believe that he wants to protect us 
He wants to give us this sense that he's in the boat and it's all going to be okay. Now, I appreciate this can be a challenge. It's not that God always removes the challenges. He's there with us in them. And some of you may say, well, David, uh, it's all very well for you to ask me to believe that he will protect me. But how about those that are suffering right now and those even who've lost their lives? How does that all square? Oh, it's an important question. And here's what I want to suggest. I remember speaking to a Christian uh, leader some years ago. He just decided he was going to go and do some public preaching in a part of his nation where he could very well get killed as a result. We prayed for him. And I then said to him, how are you feeling about going? And I guess implicit in that was you must be scared. He said to me, he said, David, he said, I know. He said that I cannot live a day longer than God has for me. And I cannot go a day earlier than he has for me. It really struck me. He was echoing the words of the psalmist. My life is in his hands. And to say that is not to be fatalistic at a point like this. It's not to be, oh, well, whatever happens, sort of blithely. Whatever happens, it'll be okay. No, this is to have a deep sense of confidence. God is with me. My life is in his hands. My destiny in his, is in his hands. And once we have that sort of confidence, we live differently. I've been reading about the early Christians uh, the smallpox epidemic, the first time smallpox appeared, which went through the Roman Empire, killed up to a third of the empire. But observers said that the Christians were the standout individuals who cared at that time. And they went about their way, we're told, with great joy and great peace. Whether they were those that ministered and stayed healthy, or some like... Uh, some of our NHS heroes at the moment who've ministered and given their lives, but it was said of these Christians, they did so with extraordinary peace. They counted it a privilege. These are people who know our life is in God's hands. It's a challenging but an important part of finding peace with God at this point in time. And finally, that Lord of life who is in the boat with us reminds us that this is not forever. When he is raised from the dead, when the women go to the tomb and they're told he is not here, but he is alive, then this is the start of an entirely new order. This is the moment where for the first time death is defeated, suffering and sin will be no more. But it doesn't happen immediately. Jesus appears to different people for the next 40 days and shows his body the promise of the age to come. But clearly the frailty of the current world and the current world order is still present. And we find the same right now. A few weeks ago we celebrated Easter. We proclaimed that he is risen. But we know from what's around that that is something that is still to come, but it is our hope. And so we wait with anticipation and with expectation for that day when all things are made new. And when to go back to Jesus' advice on prayer, he says, pray my kingdom come. That's what we're praying. Lord, would the day come 
and would it come with increasing reality that there would be no suffering, no sickness and no death. And as we live with that, we're reminded that this place is not our home, that we await for those things to happen. And I believe it gives us deeper peace in our lives as well. It is possible to have peace right now. Jesus demonstrated it and he promised it. And it comes as we realise that he is the one in the boat with us who has all authority. He is the one who, as we pray, will provide. He's the one who protects us as we commit ourselves to him and know our life is in his hands. And he's the one who will make all things new. God bless you this week. We're praying for you. Do pray for us. Let us know if there's anything we can do. We look forward to seeing you uh, online this week. Uh, in our connect group so we look forward to seeing you next Sunday church at home God bless you and may you know this week the Prince of Peace we hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast to hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services head to christchurchlondon.org